The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Blogging the Boys fans. It is a Thursday, and you know what that means. It's time to get riled up on your Cowboys with my man, Tom Ryle, sporting that fantastic riled up mug that, of course, you cannot see on the podcast, but we highly recommend you check out the video. And myself, Roy White, at RW3 on Twitter. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. You can follow the entirety of the works here at Blogging the Boys at Blogging the Boys on Twitter. And of course, make sure you check out that fantastic content powered by our friends at SB Nation and Cowboys Nation. Good news. We got some actual news. Again, always some news to actually break into when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, we could talk about the the side news, right? Uh, is Julio Jones coming to coming to Dallas? No, uh, pro- probably not. But it was an <laughs> enjoyable sidebar on Twitter. But in truth, we do have a former division rival coming to the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that in just a minute. We got Cowboys OTAs to go over as well. The type of impact that Dak Prescott is already having on the locker room, and a very interesting topic that I'm excited to get into here in a bit. With our man Tom, a brainchild of his, the six reasons why the Cowboys will absolutely be better in 2021 than they were in 2020. So we'll get to all those here in just a bit, but we'll start with the news of the day, and that is, Tom, that the Cowboys have brought in former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo and his not-so-fantastic haircut. As you can see, I'm sporting the mustache in honor of him, though because he will apparently join the Cowboys as a special consultant to the head coach in Mike McCarthy. Now, I admit, Tom, I did not see an official. uh, There was no type of coaching label in regards to McAdoo's uh, joining the Cowboys. You know, to me, the most disappointing, disappointing point about this is that we can no longer ridicule the Giants for employing a man who had such dreadful decision-making when it comes to both the hair that he wore outside of his home and the facial hair that he sported outside of his home. But I digress on all those points because now he's a cowboy. So it's time to get excited about him. Right. Nah, it, it just Ben McAdoo is just a great example of how the old boys network among NFL coaches takes care of each other. Boy, that's um, true. He probably reached out, said, you know, I really need a gig for this fall. And 
McCarthy or somebody on the staff said, oh, yeah, come on, we'll set up something with Mr. Jones and get you a little job and bring you in here and I'll come up. You know, I just I don't read much into this at all other than somebody in the building thought, yeah, it'd be fun to have Ben hanging around here for the coaches meetings. I don't think there's anything else to it. People are talking like, oh, they're setting up for him to replace McCarthy because, oh, McCarthy is the coach believed to be on the hottest seat in the NFL according to the betting odds. And it's like, no, no, that's not what's going on. I firmly believe that. And, you know, I always admit this is just my opinion as an outside observer, but no, I don't see it happening. Is and that right? Uh, I'm sorry to stop you in the middle there, but is that right about McCarthy having the yeah, it came best out, odds? Yeah, I can't fired remember. First? Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but they had him as the most likely coach to be fired. That's absurd. Uh, I know. That's the dumbest thing I've ever – do not bet on that. That's the dumbest yeah, thing ever. It's almost – I think the best evaluation of why it happened – is that it's just there's a lot of betters out there that hate the Cowboys and are willing to put money on that. <laughs> so, you know, that's just the guys trying to manipulate the money going coming in and out, trying to cover themselves. So, yeah, it's um, – I don't know what to make of that. That was one of those off-season bits of news that you just look at and you go like, why are they coming up with this stuff? And it's, it was really a, really a strange bit of news to see. Um, well, it's definitely the type of news that if it happens during the regular season, it's a footnote and we don't spend any time talking about it, but because it takes place in the doldrums of, you know, May and June, when not a whole lot of news is breaking, we, of course, at blogging the boys and elsewhere have to take the time to, to comb over this with a fine tooth comb. Now, for those that don't remember Ben McAdoo, uh, you know, coached the giants for several years, not a whole lot of success. He'll probably best be remembered in that organization for being the guy that benched Iron Man Eli Manning in favor of Geno Smith. And that was maybe the nail in the coffin that ultimately ended his career there. He started out in a in promising fashion. I believe he had them in contention for a playoff spot. Um, but things soured, the front office soured on him, and they were ready for a new regime change anyway, with Eli on his way out. So it kind of all fit together that he wasn't going to be the guy for them going forward. I agree with you. Not a whole lot there from a Cowboys Nation standpoint. I wouldn't even go as far as to say that we will be able to pinpoint anything that Ben McAdoo will have had a specific hand in or influence on when it comes around to the 2020 NFL season, specifically Mm -hmm. in regards to the Cowboys. So, yes, uh, while this is newsworthy in May – I don't think this is anything but a footnote if we're talking about the same news breaking in August. So there's your three minutes on it, Cowboys Nation. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Now we'll get to what Cowboys Nation is really buzzing about, and that is the decision, to be honest, one that I thought he had decided against and would probably be better off had he decided against it. But Jalen Smith makes the official announcement, Tom, that he is going to transition to to his number nine jersey. Although for some reason in the press conference, he mentioned something about carrying on the legacy of the number nine jersey. I don't know what he meant there. Um, I think he was talking about his own legacy. I know he was. I, I agree that he was. Right. But that legacy in the number nine jersey Cowboys fans, unless you were a college scout or a Notre Dame fan, they have zero interest in. 
and they yeah. do not care about, and they give you no credit for Jalen. Well, right. So he, carrying on the legacy, unless you're bringing your knee back along with that number nine Jersey, um, I think that's going to be a tall order, but Cowboys yeah. fans, none too happy about the way that that transpired. I agree with you. He was referring to his legacy, not necessarily Tony yeah. Romo's legacy, but yeah. even still, um, I missed the sarcasm there. So. Yeah. More, more than anything too. Um, going to cost him close to six figures i guess he can afford that on the contract actually i think they said it was close to mid six figures so we're talking a few hundred thousand oh yeah which which was the part that um you know stunned me i mean the way he talked about the legacy and all that stuff wasn't surprising at all because he is consistent in his tone deafness and not reading the room properly um you know that seems to be you know like back when he was doing the swipe out there because he made a good tackle but oh yeah the other team got a first down on the play there Jalen or they're down by 20 um, yeah um just um it's a, it's fairly immaterial I think we need to recognize um that you know the team hasn't done anything but you know especially to commemorate Tony Romo's contributions I think that will come in time, but it's just a number. And uh, I was not as, uh, as uh, worked up about it as many Pope wore. I was, it was just kind of more of a like, oh, Jalen, you know, and that was kind yeah. of my. Now, I, I tell you what I am kind of excited about is Donovan Wilson sporting the number six. Uh, <laughs> which is his old college number. But, um, you know, that's kind of cool because. You know, what are you going to say? Like, oh, he's wearing Chris Jones's old number, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Yeah, biggest so single-digit was... number with no legacy, and you'll be just fine, right? Yeah, but... and he, he, he may establish a little bit of it, yeah. you know, because he's a – it looks like he's going to be a, a starting safety, probably playing more of the box or strong safety role. But, yeah. yeah um, it's just going to be a weird situation because you, you briefly mentioned it. Um at some point, Tony Romo probably will be honored by this organization for his contributions to it. And if that takes place and they wind up putting that number nine in the ring of honor, it's going yeah. to be a very funny footnote that the last cowboy to wear that number was not Tony Romo. Yeah. And, but, you know, somebody pointed out, I mean, Jalen was sporting 54. Mm-hmm. The number of Randy White, you know. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's just a matter of who is he disrespecting <laughs> wearing a number. <laughs> uh, boy, he's gonna kill two legacy, two number legacies yeah. here with now, the Dallas Cowboys. We shouldn't be all dead on Jalen, right? All dead yeah. on him. Oh yeah, uh, we all want to see him turn it back around and succeed this year. It's you know, give us a good straight line. <laughs> it's hard yeah. not to buy. I mean, it. give me enough to at least make me feel decent about what i've already given you unfortunately i don't think there's on that front i don't think there's anything Jalen can do throughout the 2021 season that will convince me that i want to continue forward with his contract or do anything but have him off the roster when i'm first able to do so he um, just about have to be a consensus pro bowl selection yeah know. and even uh, then consensus all pro not yes, probable. a consensus top five linebacker in the NFL yeah. is essentially the only way that he's staying in Dallas. And I still believe even if he's that right, he's probably not staying in Dallas because they've already drafted his two replacements and they're on the team right now waiting to play. So with that, Tom, 
perfect opportunity for us to transition into a little bit of OTA reaction. But before I do that, I actually wanted to touch on this article that you've got coming yeah, on blogging not, the boys. It's not the, yet the, up, but it will yeah. be available very soon. The six I'm, reasons go ahead. Yeah. It, and the, exactly. It is the six reasons why the Cowboys are having one of the best OTAs in the NFL. You know, the problem with OTAs is they're just a practice non-contact it's, you know, shirts and helmets. Uh, and yet every year, what do we hear? Why Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like just a leader of men and a massively talented, you know. Uh, oh, Jalen's in the best shape of his life, Tom. I don't know if you heard. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, best shape. Uh, uh, you they're know, all I'm the best shape of their lives. Yeah. Never felt You're better. hearing that. Everything looks great. And it's all just based on the fact that the guys are out there practicing under less than, you know, strenuous situations, you know, you get excited. They said like, Oh boy, uh, nation, right. Picked off a pass. That's great. Yeah. Well, Ben DiNucci was the passer. Okay. So let's take that, you know, so people get all pumped up and kind of overplay this stuff. You very seldom have anything concrete that develops in OTAs that you can point at and say, that is something where the team is definitely improved where they have solved a problem and they should by all logical reasons be better this year. So and the Cowboys had six of them and kind of six and a half. Cause there's one I'll explain a little bit. And those six reasons that they are, they have had an outstanding OTA so far are Dak Prescott, Tyron Smith, Lael Collins, Zach Martin, Tyler Biotish, and DeMonte Casey. And what do those guys have in common? None of them were playing football at the end of last year. All were injured, all were missing. And in Casey's case, he was not even with the Cowboys, but remember, he plays free safety, something the Cowboys have just refused to address for years. And now they went out, took a bit of a risk with him, and it looks like that risk is paying off because he was at full participation out there running and cutting on his, his uh, the, the leg with the uh, torn Achilles heel that he's recovering from. All of that stuff is just... You know, just having those people there. And the the one extra guy I mentioned, uh, we also don't want to forget that Blake Jarwin is back after being injured and missing the entire season. Uh, I think it was in the very first game of the season last year. That is a that in itself, if you look at the Cowboys dismal season, most of it was played without a large number of those guys. Because you had, you know, Tyron, Lyle, uh, and Dak were all gone by week five, I believe. Uh, you know, and then uh, Martin went out yeah. late, and uh, we went out on Thanksgiving. But like I said, Jerome was gone early, and Biotish went at about the halfway point of the season. Yeah, that's already. It's hard to see how that's not. This is not a better team, and the key thing was they showed up. For the most part, they were participating as much as the staff would let them. Now, the staff is being very cautious. Uh, Martin and uh, Biotish, I think, were doing some side work still. 
but it's, you know, it's that stage where you say you go like, well, three or four more practices and they'll just be in the regular, the regular rotation. Well, I hear that on, on the one side, on the other side, I say, if they're not practicing for the Dallas Cowboys, then there should be somewhere in your brain, a small flag that says there could be something bigger here than what they're leading on to be. So just based on history, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, I will say they are not always as forthright and forthcoming with their injury issues and, and the seriousness of them. Yeah. Having said that, between those three guys you mentioned at the beginning, Dak, Tyron Lael, that was almost 45 games missed between those three players alone in and of itself. That is a significant difference and a significant change for a team that, quite frankly, only ended up, you know, a game or two out of a playoff spot and had an opportunity to control their own destiny up until essentially the last couple weeks of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. That is a team that I think is much more dangerous going into 2021. Although at some point on the podcast, Tom, I am going to put you through the ringer and ask you the question about projecting injuries for this team. Yeah. Because everybody likes to talk about how great their team is when they're fully healthy, but Mm. no one is fully healthy by the time we get to the end of the season. Mm. And at some point we've probably got to run through the scenarios of what this looks like. If a B C or D go down at a certain point for a significant amount of time, but all the points you made very well taken Um, specifically the the Blake Jarwin one. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what, they may have in store when ultimately, you know, you, you mentioned the reason he's a halfer is because they found a replacement for him. Yeah. He was oh. the one guy that they didn't really miss a beat. I think by game three or four Dalton Schultz was up and running. And, you know, as, as you mentioned, when we were kind of getting our heads straight at the beginning, uh, before we started recording, do they really want to use a two tight end set very much? Because, you know, who do you take off the field? Uh, you know, I could maybe see that just if they were trying to give one of the, the starting three wide receivers a bit of a breather or something. Or, uh, you know, I, I don't see them going very often with, with an empty set so they don't have Ezekiel Elliott out there. So, um, yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, this might've been a dynamite pair of tight ends to have back, you know, when Jason Garrett was still, you know, running things, but I don't know that that really makes that much of an impact this year. It just means that the tight end position may have some really quality depth and be something they don't have to worry about too much. Um, to me, the, the fun thing about all this is particularly with Dak and, uh, KZ, uh, they were out there. And during the media accessible portion, nobody could see anything, any sign of any hesitation and limitations. They seem to be, you know, working on those legs just fine. And uh, it, it certainly looked like a Tyron and Leo were also doing very well. And that's, you know, to me, I just find that exciting and hopeful and it's more solid evidence than most NFL teams can put up because I went back double check you know the only other team that lost their starting quarterback like uh, the Cowboys did really was the Cincinnati Biggles when Joe Burrow went down and you know he was he's he's a rookie and he didn't really have 
as many tools as Dak had to work with in the skill positions, at least. So, you know, Boy, is that really else... the only one? Man, I feel like in, in recent years, we've seen a rash of quarterback injuries plague the league. I, I mean, I don't think there was that many last year. Uh, yeah. Not, not the season ending thing. Yeah. No, I trust you on that. I, uh, but that, Boy, it seems like in in recent years, maybe Jimmy G was the other one that got that got hurt for the year, but that was so early on that um, yeah, that, I mean it, it's it's hard to consider him, I guess, the real guy when he's never really played a full season. In yeah, that, in that it life, is kind of, it is kind of a mess. But anyway, I just it's just the Cowboys really got blasted by their injury situation, you know, and it was such a combination, you know, you lose. You're, you're starting offensive tackles. Then you lose your quarterback, which may be a little bit related. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, your offense is going to sputter a bit. Uh, I don't think any team could have that happen, especially, you know, given the fact they also lost the swing tackle. Uh, and so that's throwing out a, uh, a guy who's one year removed from being a UDFA and a freshly minted UDFA. And, yeah, that was a steep learning curve. And – we now the there is reason to believe that we're not going to face that, uh, you know. So hopefully it's going to go a lot better. Well, can I tell you one Dak Prescott story? I'm already tired of. <laughs> Which one? There's a few. I am already tired of ankle watch. The yeah. like it's an injury. Yes, it was a devastating one when it happened. Mm-hmm. Right the the bone was basically detached from the bone we all understand that but at this point he's given us more than enough evidence between instagram videos that we've seen videos of him running videos of him moving of him throwing that if you have questions about whether dax ankle is going to be fully repaired by week one then you need you need to have your own brain checked because He's now the Cowboys limited him understandably, right? They didn't allow him to participate in 11 on 11 drills. Not yet because I guess things could happen. Yeah. They want a chance of somebody falling on his leg, but by them doing that, they give, and I know it's not their fault. I do exactly what they did as well. So I'm not condemning it by any means. What I am condemning is the overreaction that takes place as a result of that. Oh, he might not be fully back ready yet. Well, he doesn't need to be ready. Yeah. Right. This minute it's June. We are. Okay. We are. He will be ready in two and a half months that will allow his ankle to fully heal. If it hasn't already. And by, to be honest, Tom, I think it has already. I I think it's fully healed. I believe I saw someone on Wednesday saying it was exactly three months until the start of training camp. Yeah. I think he's fine. So I don't need any more zoomed in photos. I don't need any more Twitter investigators drawing circles around the ankle and showing me how enlarged it is relative to previous seasons or whether or not he's wearing a brace or not. It was a freak accident. It was a freak injury. It does happen. It is football. And certainly it's an injury to keep an eye on if it restricts his mobility in any way, when we get to the place of where he's actually playing football games. But for now, like I've heard enough of it. I'm done. I don't need any more ankle updates. We're good. the only thing that could have any real bearing on it and that nobody is going to be able to figure out on Twitter from, or anything from watching, you know, films of practice 
is if he is, uh, if he trusts his ankle enough, you know, it may take him a little bit to get to where he really believes up here that the ankle is good to go. But yeah, can we just wait until like preseason games roll around? Yes. And, you know, the, in the, and so we'll see how he does during the series and a half. They actually have him out there playing a game. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I imagine we're going to barely get a hint of him. And I, you know, frankly, what happened, I would, the, all of the starters for the Cowboys would get maybe 25 snaps during the, uh, the preseason, if that much. Oh, and, yeah. For the entirety of the preseason, right? Yeah, for I mean, all four, four games. The first, the first game, the Hall of Fame game against no, they cut one this year. Oh, that's before. right. My bad, Tom. Thank yeah. you for that. We now have seventeen regular season games. Yeah, for those so that they, are listening on the podcast, I just held up five fingers to Tom, and he's like, "No, no, no, take yeah. take that finger away. You don't need that one." Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Even still, right? They won't play a second in that Pittsburgh Steelers. Hall oh of yeah, Fame game. that 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 won't be. I think a starter out there unless they have some specific reason that the guy wants to go out and test something or do something but most likely the the starters will all just be in street clothes and we're going to get a, a a heavy dose of second third and fourth stringers out there which is great use it for that that's what they missed last year let's get some down roster talent experience have some of the rookies go out there uh you know the question for me in a situation like that, like that is how much do you protect the Micah Parsons? Uh, uh, you know the how many of your how deep down your draft do you even mm-hmm. want to go before you start? You know start getting out, just thrown out there unrestricted. So I don't know why when it comes to defensive players, I feel no protective bubble in the preseason. Offensive players, I say limit the snap count. Defensive players, I say, play them as much as you feel like they need to be out there to get an idea of what NFL speed really looks like. And it may be a a caveat is this may be a year where that's really more of a factor because this is the new Dan Quinn uh, uh, defense. He needs to – people could use some time out there getting work in it. Uh, he probably needs to take a closer look. And, and my Lord, they added so many new players on that side of the ball. A mm-hmm. lot of things to, to evaluate and get a feel on. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't say you shouldn't protect some of your defensive stars too. Like, I don't know if I'd play that DeMarcus Lawrence that much Yeah, uh, under any conditions, but yeah. Okay. Let's throw Jalen LVE out there. You mm-hmm. know, they've got a lot to prove and they've got some issues, uh, you know, Randy Gregory, I might kind of protect him, uh, you know, maybe Diggs, but most of the rest of them, throw them out there and let them go. You know, yeah. let's see what happens. Let I'm, them I'm, play. I'm excited to, to see KZ, uh, you know, and uh, Israel McCool, whatever his name is, the, the guy that they're converting over from the corner. I want to see if we've got a real free safety or maybe two of them. Can you imagine if they have two guys that can go back and actually play the free safety job? Oh. How how long has it been since we've seen competent free safety play for the Dallas Cowboys? That alone tends to get me far more excited than I should be. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm waiting to see some of this stuff. And it's, you know, it's coming. It's not that far off anymore. 
One other yeah. note from Cowboys OTAs, Keanu Neal, the uh, free agent they signed this offseason, getting a lot of work with the linebacker group. So oh, yeah. it does look like they're definitely and, – and that was the thought process when they signed him, right, Tom? You were all over that, uh, that they yeah. looked like they were going to play him in a linebacker type of role. And sure enough, that is the role that he is uh, finding himself in throughout OTAs, at least through the first part of uh, organized team activity. You know, here's, here's a, here's an interesting thing. You know, if they depends if they go short on linebackers, which I could see them if they, you know, if, since you're playing nickel, most of the time is your true base. Uh, you know, you can get by mostly with two linebackers on the field. It, it becomes a case of, of, of how do you shuffle it? Because, okay. You know, Jalen and LVE are going to be out there. You know, they're going to be on the team because if they'd have got, we're going to get one of them off, one or both of them off the team. I think they would have already made some moves regarding that. Now, the, the main thing is at this point, if you get rid of them, all you get is more dead money. There's no cap savings, no matter how you manipulate it. It's just zero cap savings. Then, you know, you've got uh, Micah Parsons and help me who's the other linebacker. I'm still trying to. Yes. Jabril Cox, and you've got Keanu Neal. All right. Now, you've got five guys who I think are going to be looking at themselves as contending for a starting spot. Who, you know, where does the, who get, who has to take the bench? You know, that's going to be very, very interesting. And I, I would not be surprised to see that Jalen Smith and LVE will be spending some time on the bench, you know, maybe not the whole game, but I could see them. I could see them sooner rather than later, uh, lining up, uh, uh, Parsons and Cox, uh, and maybe even being able to use Neil, uh, as a designated pass rusher rusher so that it really looks more like a four, three than the three, four alignment that they're linked to, you know, I really think in, in expected passing downs, mm-hmm. I think from the go, we're going to see a lot more Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons pairings than we will LVE or, or I couldn't even, I, I'm now I, my understanding, I'm not real knowledgeable on this is that, you know, Parsons is a great run defender and an acceptable level pass defender. I could see there could be some like, when they really needed to get off the field, that they may want to line up Neil and Cox as their two linebackers, where Parsons is going to be your, you know, your first and second down, uh, yeah, linebacker. But there may be in, and when he gets down to third and long, that may be a time you see Cox and Neil out there as your linebackers. With uh, you know, you're going to have D Law and Randy Gregory, uh, you know, lined up, uh, and uh, probably at that. You, having Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill. Well, the other thing uh, I think they'll oh, do. I forgot about Hill. Yeah. I forgot about Hill. He's, he came back, but you know, I just, man, so many people were lost. You just, I just completely didn't even mention him. I'm sure the comments in my article will light that up for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then you're going to have five defensive back. Yeah. It's, it's going to be some fun times. Uh, and, uh, we're not going to really have a good feel for that till the first game, because I think even the, you know, I suppose the, the dress rehearsal game will now be the, the 
for the Cowboys, it'll still be the third preseason game, but it'll be normally when they have two. And speaking of news, uh, they have come up with uh, new cutdowns um, that there's phasing them. There'll be the uh, there'll be three different cutdowns yep. uh, to 85, then 80, then to the final 53. And the way it happens is it's the Tuesday after each preseason game of the for the rest of the league. Smart for them to bring that back, in my opinion, because it just continues to churn that that new cycle um, that people are kind of desperate before because honestly, we're all reacting to preseason games. But in truth, right, we're reacting to a lot of players that might not be there when it comes yeah. to uh, when the regular season starts. Uh, other piece of news that I'll just briefly mention, the salary cap is rising in 2021. Mm. That news came out this week. Uh, from $184 million to $208 million minimum is what the cap will be for 2021. So great time for the Cowboys. I have a feeling Jerry knew that this was coming. We all knew that it was coming. Oh, yeah. But uh, oh, yeah. a 14% increase, that and will all- see and essentially guarantee that the next quarterback that gets signed to a deal, whether it's Lamar, whether it's uh, uh, Josh Allen, wh- whoever it's going to be, He's probably getting more money than Dak Prescott, so and, you're gonna have a bargain on your hands here in Dallas in in a year. Yeah, or two. and all. Yeah, I was gonna say, and all of a sudden it's like, who who cares how much they paid Dak? Oh, it's yeah. no big deal. Yeah, so it would have been sweet to have him 30, 30 million two years ago when we could have done it. But oh God, that's water under the bridge at this point. However, so, the the flip side is they would have been having to negotiate for his third contract a year or two earlier than they will now. Fair point on that front well uh that's an episode of blogging the boys for you uh riled up here on blogging the boys the podcast network we'll have you every thursday make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get all that fantastic blogging the boys podcast content six podcasts weekly including the daily podcast that rj ochoa does a fantastic job of putting up there for you so you can check all those out at bloggingtheboys.com of course from my man tom ryle follow him at tom ryle btb i'm roy white at rw3 on twitter and this is riled up on the cowboys we'll see you next thursday check out the bloggingboys.com for all your fantastic cowboys news and alerts see ya